Hey everybody, Coach here. Thanks for taking a few minutes of whatever you are doing, wherever you're going, and uh, spending a few minutes with me. I hope you learned something here today. Hey, can you imagine an element so powerful that it is your landscape's killer, or it is the giver of your landscape's life? An element that is demanded by the landscape, it is also demanded by you, and yet, if it is withheld, everything perishes. It is the largest question asked when folks seek advice for landscape success, yet don't understand the amount needed and oftentimes cause an overdose of it, resulting in landscape demise. It is what we discussed this week, and I am glad you have joined me for just a few minutes. So let's get started, shall we? Hey friends, Maestro here, just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Welcome back. Hey, we watched over the past six months or so how this element breathed new life into parts of our world that were just racked without it. Now... On the flip side, six months later, we see the opposite effect when there is too much of it and what it can do to lives and landscapes all over certain parts of the country. We often ask experts how much, when, and what is wrong with our plants when we get this element wrong. By now, you know, I'm sure that you've kind of figured it out. Yes, it's water, the giver of life to everything on this planet. Certainly to our landscapes and gardens, our houseplants, our animals, ourselves, and beyond. Countless times over the last 30-some years, I have answered questions about water. How much do I water it? What kind of water amount is best for it? Why is my such-and-such such dying? I water it every day. And on and on and on. You know, I recently answered a question of, of a viewer who uh, dropped a comment in there and asked much the same question about his Leyland Cypress that he just recently planted. He basically said, Coach, I cannot get a straight answer. How much water do they need? Everybody tells me something a little different. Water is that element in the landscape that is seriously a conundrum of horticulture. It really is. Get it right and everything in the landscape thrives produces, and is a showstopper of fruit, flower, and certainly pride. But water in and of itself is usually the leading cause of landscape and garden death. And the culprit is the one who holds the hose. People kill millions and millions of dollars of landscape investment every year because they cannot get it right. Oh, it's wilting. That means it needs more water. Or the surface is dry, therefore it's dry all around the plant and underneath the plant. More water, more water. Truth be told, we often kill our plant investments with too much water rather than too little. They often fail, and I, I mean the, the owners of, they often fail the plants they have chosen and assume all plants get the same amount of water. Not so. Not so at all. Quite the opposite, actually. This is why many who have been successful and who have learned and understand that like plants get grouped with like plants. Period. Water-loving plants need their own areas. And water-miser-type plants get another part of the yard. Plain and simple. The two really cannot 
cohabitate together successfully, certainly on a long-term type of plan. Where I have seen success in newbies is that they perform some due diligence behind this learning curve. And it's seriously, that due diligence is like a small insurance policy on landscape success. Those who approach it with a one size fits all does not make a good horticultural practice. And it seriously often leads to failure, waste of money, obviously, and a deterioration and lack of confidence when it comes to taking care of the landscape or the garden or the pot of pansies you have on the back patio. Either one. They all have their subtle nuances and they will tell you if you listen. I was taught decades ago by a, a mentor in the plant horticultural world. Thank you, JC Burns. I was taught decades ago that plants actually can sense or know when they are planted by someone who knows what they are doing and when they are handled by someone who does not know what they're doing. I have seen this firsthand when uh, I've been with customers who wanted to jump in and help one day as planting day rolled around. They would take plants and handle them like a piece of fine china, planting them so softly in the ground that they leave massive air pockets in and around the root ball, which is just a recipe for disaster. And then, they would turn around and water, and water in such a way that their delicate plantings would settle incorrectly, and soils and stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. And then, <laughs> they would look to the right and see coach planting. And when I was planting, if I had a planting day, they were watching me dig holes like crazy, slam plants in the ground, amend soils with compost and organic fertilizers and starter fertilizer, and put them in the ground and shove, 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 make a water basin around, shove one more time and move on. It was like a dragster version of planting plants. And they would go, what are you doing? How can you be so rough on them? You know, I paid good money for those. They better, they better live. And I would just look at them and, and I would chuckle. And I said, they'll live. This is the difference between someone who knows what the plants need and the white glove effect of going into it is not the way plants need. They need a hole. They need a hole that's at least as a little deeper than the root ball, certainly twice as wide. They need that soil extracted. They need it amended 50-50. They need some starter fertilizer and they need to get it shoved in the ground and then a good, good deep watering around that plant, provided that the plant is sitting up just a little high in that planting hole so that soils don't collapse in and around them and lead to other issues. See what I'm saying? So what is the magic pill for the water? How do we get it right? How do we know when it is wrong? Well, regarding the second part of that question is, the plant's gonna tell you. But there are a few approaches to water and the fine balancing act we must walk in order to get landscape success. Here they are in no particular order, in the ground or in a container. If you are planting in the ground, out in your front or backyard, learn this. What type of soil do you have? Is it a heavy clay soil and water takes forever to perk through? Is it a sandy soil and water, when you put on it, just kind of rushes through the ground and it seems dry in a matter of a few minutes? Or are you somewhere in between that, that magical, that magical type of soil, either natural or something you have created by importing certain soil mixes. 
an old saying that I was taught was, know before you grow. Determine what it is going in and how can you make the best possible option for plant success and future growth. Certainly, the word amending comes to mind. Amend the clay soil with organic soil amendments and lighten the soil up as a result. That way, it unlocks a lot of the nutrients that are in that heavy clay and it allows for air exchange and water percolation and other things in and around the new plant that you've just put in the ground. Same thing goes for a real super sandy soil. You're still going to bring in organic matter, organic water retaining soil amendments. And you're going to create that, uh, that perfect combination of when things get watered, the new amended soil can hang on to it for a little while. And that we've put a plant in the ground that is suitable for that sandy, now amended soil. And so as it gets through its transplant 30 days, it can start putting out those roots into the native soils. And they go, hey, the root ball is pretty good, but the soil ain't too bad either. And you learn what you walk on out there, what kind of soils you have. One of the biggest pluses you can possibly have. Then, as a result of that knowledge, we adjust the water accordingly. You know, if you have a heavy clay soil, you know darn well, depending on what your prevailing weather patterns are and everything else, you may not need to water that often because the water underneath the surface of the ground is still hanging on to that. The new feeder roots that your new investment has put out, they can use that. But water too much in a heavy clay soil and you're going to learn really quick what happens. In containers, we select groupings of plants or a plant with like needs. We water heavily at planting time and we soak the whole root ball so that we have a little bit of a compaction and settling. A lot of air pockets kind of go bye-bye and yet that light, good quality planting mix or potting mix that you've selected is just the right amount all the time. And we know that since we're putting in containers, everything is on us, that we place the plant considering environmental factors like, hey, how hot's it gonna be the next few days? How hot's it gonna be for the next month? How much sunlight is this plant gonna need? Am I gonna have to deal with a lot of prevailing winds every afternoon? And the moisture levels in that container are adjusted accordingly. One of the biggest mistakes I've seen people do when it comes to water is they evaluate the planting site incorrectly. For instance, if we have a moist look on top of the surface, if you've mulched, you've moved the mulch away, and you still see a wet soil on the surface where you've planted your plant, 95% chance assuredly that underneath the surface in the ground, there's gonna be plenty of water there, and water is not needed. Then again, if we have a little dry on the surface, you know, you, you can see it and the, the surface looks dry. Does not necessarily mean that two or three inches or 12 inches or 24 inches, depending on how big a plant you put in the ground, it does not mean that it's not wet down underneath. And that extra step of going in and checking, scratching in with your finger a couple, three inches. If you find moisture, and I don't mean mud, but I mean moisture, you know, you can tell when something is moist. Chances are, no. Just because it's dry on the surface does not mean we need to water right then.
You have to remember that wholesalers who containerize plantings and grow plants for us to later purchase at retail stores, those containerized pots generally have what they call hair roots or feeder roots that are along the, the side walls of that container and at the bottom of the container. That's where containerized plants do all their feed and water work right there. Very little of it ever is up on the surface of that container root ball. So when you're putting something in the ground, the worker roots, those ones that actually exchange air and water and nutrients right at those little filament hair roots, they're down underneath. And if you drowned it because you saw a little dry soil on top, if you water it and it's so saturated, those hair roots are the first ones, first ones to die off. And when those hair roots die off, the plant has no capability of uptake on uh, water and nutrients. And all of a sudden, you see a plant in the ground that you planted two weeks ago, and you're going, oh my God, my such and such is wilting. What do I need to do? I need to water more. I need to water heavier. This plant is dying because it's wilting. Mm, mm, mm. Pump those brakes and just do a couple extra steps. And here's another horticultural uh, phenomenon that'll bake your biscuit a little bit. And that is, you've decided one Saturday to go out and buy 10 such and suches. And you're going to plant them in an area of your yard that you want to beautify, whatever. And you've got 10 of them because they're on sale. And you plant them and you have follow coach's instructions and you've done everything correctly. You've put them in the ground. You've dug the holes correctly. You've amended. You've fed and you've watered correctly. And within 30 days, two out of those 10 die or they start to wilt and you can't tell why. And you're just going, wait a second, eight of them are perfectly fine. There's even new growth and a flower on this one, but these two are dying. And you scratch your head and you go, WTF, what is going on? There's another thing that goes on in the plant world and in our world in general, and that is natural selection comes into play. You may not have done anything wrong at all. You did all things right. And yet, you know, I really have no answers for questions that big, but I have seen it and it is not a water issue at all. What I do see as a close second place finisher to poor water habits is poor planting technique at the time we do water. And when I say that is, is we tend to plant a little too deep or yeah, we don't keep the root ball slightly up in that planting bed and everything settles. And then our mulches and our soils cave in along the crown of our plant and lights out soon after. So pay attention to planting technique just as much as you do your watering techniques. So, you know, suffice it to say, water is a very fine balancing act. Think about your own body. You know, you know when you're dehydrated, you know when you've had so much water in a day because you're out exercising or hiking or doing whatever, you know, and you're, you're peeing every 20 minutes. Well, that's a sign that you have the correct amount of water, but there are those times and some people who have taken too much water on and have actually gone into a physiological downfall as a result of it. Same thing happens with plants, you know, too little and they get dehydrated too much and they drowned. So how do we hedge our bets against this? How do we prevent this thing from happening? 100% assurity is never there. 
but we know ahead of time what the needs are of what we're purchasing. We know ahead of time what plants we're getting and the like needs, the groupings we're going to create that call for similar water needs. We know that the soil we are putting it in and how to optimize that soil so that it works a lot better for the plants we're getting. We know what environment and weather will be surrounding the plantings and that will affect our monitoring of our investments and water accordingly. Too much, too little, or just right. It is the Goldilocks effect when it comes to horticulture and you need to understand it before rather than when it is too late. All that wilts is not dry. You gotta double check it. I hope this allows you to understand that element of water a little better as it pertains to the landscape or the garden. Oftentimes only practice and trial and error allow us to truly understand it at all and oftentimes not even then. It is the challenge to get it right and the results when we do that draw us to the horticultural world. Hey, thanks to those who have figured it out in a big way. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to enjoy that great summer peach or all the food and everything that is grown all over the world by those who know how to get it right. I hope you've learned a little something here today. I've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. That element that everybody needs, but not too much of it. Hey, as always, to your guys' landscape success, I will see you guys next week, every Friday, with a new episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I am only an email away. And hey, join me over there on the YouTube channel or the other platforms that I'm on. I'd love, I'd love to have some comments. And for those of you who uh, watch but do not subscribe, please explain. It's only a click. And it sure does help me grow and allows us, Maestro and I, to bring you more and better content each and every week. Guys, I'll see you next week. As always, to your landscape success. Bye for now. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show and we'll see you right here next week.